Welcome back for part two of the Intimacy Q&A. We have even more tough questions this time as we do our absolute best to answer all of them biblically and give godly counsel and advice to these anonymous questions on today's episode of The Marriage Conversation. Welcome to today's episode of Awaken to Grace. We're continuing with a Q&A concerning sex and intimacy in the marriage bed. These are questions that were anonymously submitted to our website. We opened this up for marriages to submit their questions about intimacy. And uh, today we are in part two. If you missed part one, go back into the archives and listen to part one. Today we're going to tackle some immensely, I'm talking really, really tough questions. And so, Sadie, let's go ahead and jump right into it. All right. Question one. Is masturbation okay if I'm looking at pictures of my wife? It just seems easier when she's always busy with the kids at all hours of the day. Well, that's a difficult question. There's a lot in that question. And uh, you'll probably... So for those of you who, do, who you don't know me, I do an enormous amount of counseling. I am always... I do so much counseling that we actually built a counseling office because there is so much. I think in the last few years, I have done over 500 counseling sessions. So the counselor in me wants to answer these questions very specifically, but that's that's hard because I don't know the individuals who submitted them. All of this is anonymous, as we previously said. So, first of all, let's, let's say this. Most of these questions, uh, I would love for you to sit down with a pastor. I would love for you to sit down with a counselor, and uh, because a lot of these questions really do require uh, skilled pastoral shepherding counseling. Now, in the question, and we're going to answer the question, is masturbation a sin? I do want to answer that question. Before I answer it, I want to go back, though, to what this individual said. Is it wrong to masturbate to a picture of my wife when she is always busy all hours of the day with kids? See, here's what I want you to see. The root of the problem is not masturbation. The root of the problem is that the marriage is not as healthy as it needs to be. Why? Because there's no margin in your time. If you are so busy, if kids are eating up the lion's share, and believe me, we know what we're talking about because we have four kids as well. Some families are larger, but four is, <laughs> is plenty on our plate. We know what it is to juggle life and work and the marriage bed, and children. It's hard to juggle it all. So I get what you're saying. You're saying she's always preoccupied with the kids. Well, this is what I want you to see. That's a root of where the marriage is unhealthy. What you two need to do is sit down together, perhaps even listen to some of these podcasts together, because um, I believe it was in uh, episode two that we talked how Everyone except the spouse and Christ should be in the peripheral, including children. If children are in the focus of the marriage, the marriage is out of sync. 
it's out of bounds biblically. Christ should be in the center, but your spouse should also be the focus. Children, grandchildren, best friends, church family, uh, work, all of that should be the peripheral. (laughs) In-laws. So what it sounds like to me is that the focus is wrong. The focus is all on the busyness of life and having kids and that being so hectic. And, And again, I'm not throwing stones. We live a hectic life, too. But your spouse has to be the focus. So what I would recommend you do is I would sit down with my wife and gently and lovingly, as I'll say throughout these Q&As, don't talk to her in an accusatory tone. Don't say, well, you are always with the kids. You put the marriage above me or, or you know, above kids above our marriage. You put work above our marriage. Don't do that. Don't be accusatory. Just lovingly lead your wife and say, listen, you know, because I'm wired the way I am, because God has designed me the way that I am, I'm not feeling fulfilled in our marriage bed, and I want you to fulfill that. I don't want that satisfied any other place, including myself. I want it satisfied. I want it fulfilled through you because you are the person I love. And uh, I think if you come with a humble spirit, I think if you come with a very humble attitude, I think your wife will be much more uh, glad to help you in this area. Uh, Hold up, pal. I'm going to take a little different turn on you here. How about you step up and help her check the flipping to-do list off? Good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I... I am. <laughs> I have to make sure that our kids are in bed. I have to make sure that the trash is taken out, the dishwasher's loaded, the doors are locked, locked, the lights are off. I have to check off a to-do list before I feel like I can really enjoy sex. And so if you help your wife check off that to-do list, help her with the kids. And then she's going to feel a lot better going into the bedroom to be intimate with you. And I would say, too, take the initiative to hire a babysitter. Take the initiative to plan a date night. Take the initiative to to create space for intimacy. Um, that way, you're not, you're not putting yourself and your marriage in a situation where you're being selfish or where you're blaming your wife for things. I mean, step up and, and do your part to ensure that you guys are setting time aside to to plan intimacy. Yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, it's probably definitely a false assumption to think that your wife just doesn't want to be intimate. That's a false assumption, most likely on your part. So like Sadie said, ask the question, what can I do for you that would help you uh, free up time that we could enjoy the marriage bed. And while I so don't true. think that necessarily masturbation is a sin, um, you know, I think that is going to drive a wedge even further in between you and your wife because, I mean, you you want to be fulfilled by your wife. And so I think that, that, that you need to take that off of the table and you need to figure out how you can help your wife and get on the same page. Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know, so let's answer that real quick. Is masturbation a sin? Uh, The fact is, Scripture in no way whatsoever forbids it, nor does it condone it. It is completely a personal conviction. Um, Some people will try to use a story in Genesis about Onus, I think was his name, that 
story has absolutely zero to do with masturbation at all. He would not, uh, he, it was his wife's, it, it was his brother's widow that God expected him to take care of. God expected him to give his wife's widow a child, and he refused to do that. It was all about selfishness. It's not about masturbation. Now, what Scripture does say in Song of Solomon, the Bible does, a lot of scholars believe this, I agree with it, it teaches co-masturbation. It teaches pleasuring one another. I think that's within bounds of the marriage bed. It's within bounds of the marriage covenant. I don't think that's out of bounds whatsoever. So if it's not co, then, and you're independent here, that's where selfishness comes in. That's where, uh, as, as Sadie wonderfully said, it drives a wedge between you and your spouse. Now, again, I don't throw stones. There's situations where, you know, if a spouse, if, if, if a spouse is, um, away from each other for a really long time. If it's, if it's, you know, there's, there's physical limitations, there's, there's illnesses, there's all kinds of things that I think, uh, could call for that. But if it's out of frustration and it's out of lack of communication, it's, it's because of, uh, distractions, then it becomes very selfish. And the danger is, I wouldn't say sin, but I would say the danger is, uh, you, you'll drive a wedge in between your intimacy. So the best thing to do is to have an intimate conversation with your wife, to sit down together, to work together as a team, and, um, and you'll fix it. Yeah, I think we talked about uh, foxes in a previous episode, letting foxes into your, to your marriage. I think this could easily be a place where a fox could get in. I think masturbation maybe isn't in itself of a sin, but when you start getting, when you start letting things like lust and um, looking at other women and not your spouse, I think that's when, uh, definitely, I don't think, I know that's when the sin comes into play. So I think that I said it at the marriage conference and I'm going to say it now. It's a slippery slope. I said what I said and I can't take it back, but I'm serious. Like you, you, you open yourself up to, um, to having foxes come into your marriage. So just watch out for those dangers. All right, we're moving on to the next question. What's an appropriate non-nagging way to let your spouse know that you would like to be more intimate more frequently without making them feel henpecked or like they aren't living up to expectations? What a great question. So first of all, whoever submitted that, I love the way that you wrote that because it tells me that you are thinking right. You ask the question, what is an appropriate way? You ask the question, I don't want them to feel like they're not meeting expectations. What it sounds like is that you just have a need for more frequency, and there is not a thing in the world wrong with that, and I think you're thinking right, and you're asking it in the right way. So let's answer this. What is the appropriate way? I think a great way would be for you guys to sit down and read Song of Solomon together. Song of Solomon, some, some call it Song of Songs, was written by King Solomon. 
and it is the most sexual book of the Bible. Um, there, uh, there are <laughs> a ton of innuendos you would not believe from <laughs> oral sex to co-masturbation to even having sex outside, which I don't recommend. You could get arrested for that in our day, <laughs> but there are all kinds of things in song of songs. And here is the point. God puts his stamp of approval on all of it. Why? Because anything that is within the marriage bed is free and should be frequent to Christians, okay? Uh, we, Sadie, you talk about how in the intimacy session, you talk about how uh, sex is so taboo, right? Yeah, I think as a whole, we have put this, um, like, just this mark of disapproval on sex, even from, you know, while we don't encourage teenagers to have sex, of course not, but I don't think we give them enough reason why it's important to wait and um, how important it is to your marriage and, and how important it is to God. I think we don't do that well enough and we don't speak enough about sex, about good sex, about godly sex. So I think finding an opportunity to talk to your spouse, to say, the need that I have is for more frequency. How is the most appropriate way? Well, I, I don't know a more appropriate way than with Scripture, than to sit down and say, listen, God wants us to enjoy. And I loved what you said at the end, to help them see that it's not that they're not meeting expectation. I think where we get in trouble in having intimate conversations is when we talk to our spouse with an accusatory tone. It's when we say, you are not meeting my needs, or you are too distracted, or whatever. Don't have an accusatory tone. What I would do is I would sit down with my spouse, and I would say, I so enjoy you. I so enjoy our marriage bed. It is so wonderful. Here's the thing. I just want to enjoy it more. Would you like to enjoy it more? And have the mindset that God puts his stamp of approval on your marriage bed and help your spouse see that as well. Yeah, and another thing, you ask for appropriate non-nagging ways. You can you can throw in some nonchalant flirts and, hey, there and you go. romance each other yeah. and um, date each other and mm -hmm. flirt, 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 flirt. One thing we talked about at the marriage retreat that I thought was fun is having a signal. If you have kids or you're in a group of people, have a signal. Let your spouse know that you're interested in that. You yeah. guys share yours because it's hilarious. I oh my it. gosh. I feel so awkward. Um, so <laughs> Chad and I have a ton of kids running around first, our house. First of all, let's tell, let, let's, if we're, if we're going to unpack this, what was our old signal? Do you remember cantaloupe? I don't know how <laughs> it ended up being cantaloupe. Now thinking back, that but, really was sexual. So. But now you know, you know, I'd be like, hey, you know, are we are we getting cantaloupe this week? Cause uh, I'm craving some cantaloupe, right? And now our kids are like. Yeah, cantaloupe, and it's it's become I can't we can't talk about that anymore. So we had to come up with a new thing, and um, our kids are getting older, and they're catching on to to things that you know whatever, <laughs> and um, so <laughs> we have now come up with a thing. We're going to record a podcast. That means you have to be quiet, you have to stay in your room, and you cannot interrupt because you don't want to ruin our podcast. 
And um, this week we've been over at Eric's house recording podcast, and that feels real weird to say, but we are legitimately <laughs> recording podcasts. <laughs> I think it was uh, so funny and when uh, Kayla and I got married. Um, we've been married almost a year, but even in her vows, so so we kept you know we kept ourselves until marriage. But um, even in our in her vows, she put our signal, which is um, let's go finish that episode of The Office, and that's what she ended her her wedding vows with. And it was uh, it was a good time. It was hilarious. I asked at the marriage conference. I asked you know does anyone have a signal whatever? And uh, I'll never forget this. A couple that I love so much, and this guy is a retired Navy SEAL, and he yells out, get in the truck. I thought it was (laughs) hilarious. And I told him, I said, man, the next time you and I go to lunch and you tell me to get in the truck, no way, no way. Okay, now we're gonna um, we're gonna tackle some of the the harder questions that we got in, and um, let me read this question to you. It says, "Sometimes I tell my husband I don't want to have sex, so he just waits till I fall asleep and starts having sex with me. Should I be okay with this? I really don't like it." So again, the counselor, the pastor in me, really would love to sit down with the situation. So no, you should not be okay with it at all. Um, There is clearly some very, very unhealthy things in the marriage right now. And if I am speaking to a believer, someone who follows Jesus, someone who loves the Lord, then um, you need to understand that your marriage is not in a healthy place right there. You need to begin to pray together. You need to open up uh, much better lines of communication and uh, quite frankly, at the end of the day, it needs counseling. So I would give a word of caution. To me, this is a red flag. To me, this is a, a place of danger. So I would give a great word of caution. I would say, um, trust your pastor, sit down with your pastor or a pastor, sit down and uh, talk about where your marriage bed is at the moment and where your marriage bed needs to be. There needs to be some health brought into the marriage bed because right now it's not healthy. No, it's definitely not healthy. You have to drop everything and get seek immediate pastoral care and yeah. uh, counseling for this one. Yes. Because um, I think we have this idea that rape can't happen in sex or rape can't happen in a marriage. And and she's already said she doesn't want to have sex and he's done it anyway. That is she did not give consent. And so you have to drop everything and, and seek immediate pastoral yeah. care for that. Yeah. And, and let me say this to other marriages, uh, even if, you know, other marriages in the same boat. Don't forget this. OK, both husbands and wives. Don't forget this. The root of every marriage problem is ultimately sin. The answer to every marriage problem is ultimately Christ and his gospel. So I hope that this couple are believers. I hope that you're trying to follow Jesus. And if that is the case, uh, God has help for you. He has the answers for you. Um, But right now you need a world of communication. That's what you need. You need communication. Absolutely. 
All right, next question is it says, um, is it okay to set boundaries in marriage? I have repeatedly told my husband certain things make me very uncomfortable due to past sexual abuse, and he does them anyway. He says that he forgets and he gets excited because he likes it even though I don't. Am I wrong to have boundaries? They, them always being crossed makes me feel very empty. Hmm. Boy, my heart goes out to that. So, first of all, I... W- <laughs> I would love to speak to the husband because a husband that puts his wife in this position, a husband that um, does this, is not loving his wife biblically. He is not loving her sacrificially. He is, again, this goes back, are you a selfish lover? Are you a servant-minded lover? Are you selfish? Are you servant? And what is being described here is very selfish. I think to the wife, I would say also, uh, I'm very sorry that you have experienced especially sexual abuse. Abuse is horrible, but sexual abuse is very, very difficult. Um, I would ask you, I think, if I were sitting face-to-face with you, I think I would ask you where you feel you are in healing. Have you ever truly healed from the sexual abuse, do you feel like uh, like this is something that Christ has, has helped you in? Do you feel like you have sought the right and the appropriate steps for healing? Uh, if not, I think that's something that you need to do. I think uh, the, 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 the question is, am I wrong for setting boundaries? Uh, let me ask a different question. Have you sought counseling and healing? Now, to the husband... I would say you are wrong, emphatically. Uh, You can't have an excuse of, well, I forget. Well, if your wife was forefront on your mind, you wouldn't forget something like that. So I think think at the end of the day, uh, you need counseling, and you you need a pastor who will pray with you and who will help shepherd you because it sounds like there's some healing that still needs to take place, and there's some love and respect that needs to uh, be talked about and need to be dealt with. So uh, more, more than being concerned about setting boundaries, I think to the wife, to this precious wife, this precious person, um, I think I would ask the Lord to continue to heal me. And I think that um, I would, I, and you may have done this, I don't know, um, I would tell your husband um, about your your sexual abuse, and um, first of all, that's freeing that he knows. And then, if he is a if he's a working to be a good husband, um, he can create some safety, and he can create some some just some deeper healing um, when when it comes to sexual abuse. And, and it does sound like like. Like you have told your husband that, I think Sadie. What, correct me if I'm wrong. I, th- I think what you're getting to more so, uh, because he says he forgets. So that tells me that she has told him. But I think what you're getting to, Sadie, is that last thing that she said. It leaves me feeling empty. Yeah. Here's what I'm wondering: Does your husband know? Yes, I think he probably knows about the abuse because. You told him this makes me uncomfortable. And maybe not. Maybe I'm assuming. Maybe he just knows it's things you don't like. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is the case. But here's what, what is very important. Does he know 
that it leaves you feeling empty. And that's where uh, if you have not communicated that, I think you definitely need to communicate that aspect to your husband. Uh, yeah, there, there, and details too. I think details to a husband who wants to be a good husband, um, he's going to want to protect you and want to take care of you. And so um, when, you, when you're sharing those with him, those details, I think that he will, um, he will have some better boundaries. And the, the last thing that I'll say about this too, again, if you are Jesus followers, I mean, if you are believers and your lives are centered on the gospel, um, consider praying together before intimacy. Um, consider uh, praying before you begin to uh, mess around, because uh, that may help both of you in an incredible way. Chad and Sadie, thank you guys so much for walking us through part one and part two with humor and honesty and being open about your own relationship and your own marriage bed and and uh, some some really good truths here and some really good um, some really good conversation that we've had. Uh, so, guys. If you would like to ask us some more questions, we would love to answer them. Um, we're going to put the link to the anonymous um, form uh, down in the description here. And uh, if, in the meantime, if you have any other questions or if you'd like to just reach out to us, um, you can always email us at pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. Are we going to record a podcast later? Maybe. Probably. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs>